0: From the land of the free and the home of the chiefs with two-man coverage of the red and gold. This is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: It's Locked On Chiefs. Hope you had a great Christmas. We are back after a short Christmas break as well. The team is as well, not a whole lot going on there, but we have you covered. We're going to start talking about Denver today with the host of the Locked On Broncos podcast, Cody Rourke. I'm Ryan Tracy. Founder of Rogue Analytics and your host. You can find my stuff over at ChiefsDigest.com as well as our home site, Lockedonchiefs.com, which we have a lot of new stuff coming for you in the off season. So be ready for that. It's gonna be a hub for all of our written work. Uh, we are brought to you today by draft.com. We'll tell you more about that later. But we're gonna start and get right into it with crossover with the host of the Locked On Broncos show, about this last season ending matchup and what we might or might not see. We've had enough. Speaking of what we've had enough of, man, last game of the season, there's at least a few things we can talk about, right? I mean, the the way this season has gone, Cody, has it caught you totally –
0: totally off guard, you know what i don 't think anybody expected the Broncos to falter the way they did, especially after they started off three and one after you know and then heading into the bye week after that, you lose eight straight it 's unheard of you know in a long time the Broncos haven 't really experienced a season like this in a, well over about forty years, so it 's definitely frustrating, not to a point where you start off well and then you obviously falter towards the end of the year, Obviously, the year the Denver Broncos picked second overall in the NFL draft to get von Miller. The Broncos only won two games at that point. So it's just different now at this point. And obviously with the talent that the Broncos have on paper, it's just been a very frustrating year overall just to see the talent not utilized to its abilities, especially former Kansas City Chief Jamal Charles. Man, he's been so underutilized. So Week 17, we're finally here. But it's definitely been a wild road. You know, watching the Kansas City Chiefs from afar, you know, they started off 5-0 and and then they kind of had their struggles of their own. What have they done in the last eight weeks to really kind of right that ship?
2: Well, I don't know that it's really been the last eight weeks, but I would say it's been the last three. Uh, And I think a little bit before that, you know, Coach Reed handed over play calling duties to Matt Nagy, uh, and Nagy has brought uh, some consistency uh, and a very good play calling repertoire, I guess you would say, uh, to this offense, and it's really stabilized the offense. I think the defense has already started to uh, come around a little bit, but – I think really what you saw when they lost is they were as bad as they were losing. It was more of a situation where you can't have the defense be out there for three-fourths of the game and expect them to get stops late
0: in the game. Yeah, I know exactly what that's like.
2: And, I mean, I don't care who your defense is. I don't care who you have on it. Unless you've got 20 guys that uh, are all Madden-type players, (laughs) pardon the pun, but you know what I mean in that regard. Uh, to me, you just can't expect a defense to be that successful playing that much, and I think that really hampered them uh, during the part of the season where Alex Smith really struggled. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Kansas City is able to adapt to what they have to do for the rest of the season. I I think you know you're going to see this game is going to be uh, intriguing to see who Kansas City starts. Um, but I have to ask you, you know, I saw something to. And we're recording this Tuesday night. I saw something today. Jamal Charles is kind of asking for his release right now. Does that
0: surprise you? You know what? I'm not really surprised, and at the same time, I really don't fault Jamal Charles. Now, that's been my biggest frustration on the year. As a Broncos fan, as as somebody who studies the NFL, is, is Jamal Charles, when he was in the game for the Denver Broncos, often at times this year, he ripped off big yardages. You know, against Kansas City, his first carry was for 18 yards. His second carry was for nine yards, and on that second carry, he fumbled the ball. Marcus Peters picked it up and scored a touchdown. At that point, we haven't seen Jamal Charles hardly any. We saw him a little bit against Miami, catching a few passes out of the backfield, but in terms of rush attempts, Jamal Charles hasn't really touched the ball and, and to be honest with you, I, I've watched the Broncos and, and don't get me wrong, CJ Anderson's been a big piece of the Denver Broncos over the last couple of years. But CJ Anderson is the same guy, the inconsistent guy hitting the hole. And Jamal Charles he's just he's got that He's got that next level ability that, you know, not a lot of people have in the National Football League. He's like Kenyon. He's, uh, he's like Drake out of uh, Miami, except he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's been around and he can be utilized very effectively. And his biggest knack has been fumbles, you know. And I'd say maybe as Kansas City uh, Chiefs fans, you guys have watched him over the years. That was probably one of the concerns that many fans had about him as well. But to be honest with you, Vance Joseph not giving him any touches after, you know, a, a turnover. That is frustrating in my point, especially when he kept a guy like Isaiah McKenzie on the field multiple times after he fumbled the ball six times on a punt return. And obviously, you know, he kept him in as well as Trevor Simeon, who kept turning the ball over. Now, it took several weeks, but Trevor Simeon was eventually benched. But overall, Jamal Charles has been dramatically underutilized, and it should be almost criminal to see him on the bench, especially behind, you know, the herd of running backs that the Broncos have. And it's just a, definitely a big frustration I've had on my part. You bring up Vance Joseph, I have to ask real quickly. Do you think it's one and done for him this year? You know, the interesting point, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, you know, he reported a couple of weeks ago that Vance Joseph is safe. John Elway wanted to make it work, but the Broncos haven't looked competitive. And if anybody's watched the Broncos over the last couple of weeks, minus the Jets game and the Colts game, the Broncos overall this year have not looked competitive one bit. And I think that's the frustrating thing when we look at it. So I think, you know, the, the reports, the rumors have said if the Broncos don't look competitive this week, especially against the Chiefs, well, we could see Vance Joseph one and done in Denver, especially with some options like Bruce Aaron. Arians available, especially, you know, coming into the offseason where we've seen a report where Bruce Arians might be available.
1: Well, and that's, I think, what it comes down to for me is watching what these Broncos have done, and not just with the Charles situation, but the quarterback, uh, the offensive line, a couple of different things. Is it fair to say that Vance Joseph is still, uh, despite uh, almost a full season under his belt, uh,
0: a guy who is just, overwhelmed at this level of football. I think he's in over his head. Now, let's not forget Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph was a first-year defensive coordinator last year in Miami for the Dolphins under Adam Gase, and his defense wasn't that great. Now, this is the biggest gripe that I've really had on Vance Joseph, and I tweeted about it today. It's just his lack of passion on the sideline. He has no fire up, and when a player makes a mistake, a crucial one, you don't see him get into that player. Now, you look at guys like Sean McVay across the NFL, you know, these young guys, Doug Peterson, for example, they show passion. They show fire on the sideline. You don't see that with Vance Joseph. The Common thing we see with Vance Joseph after a mistake, he has his arms crossed, and that, and that's frustrating for from a standpoint. But I, I definitely think he's in over his head, mainly from the standpoint that. You know, he wasn't that successful in Miami. He, he was a defensive backs coach back in Cincinnati, and, and maybe he's a better positional coach. But in my opinion, he's too nice of a guy in the NFL to be a head coach. And he was really coined coming into this offseason as a leader of men. Well, we really haven't seen it because the Denver Broncos look very misled right now. And, and right now, I think a lot of people all across Denver are really frustrated about it. And I think, you know, you probably hear a lot of that, obviously living in Broncos country as well. So, you know, have, what do you hear on the streets?
1: You know, between fans that I know as well as a lot of the the local media that that I have interactions with, it seems like the same concept that a a guy that got hot in terms of uh, his last year as a position coach, as a coordinator, uh, and kind of got his rocket going up and made that connection, obviously um, has ties to Colorado from before. And uh, that connection with John Alway is what paved the way for him to get here. But since walking in has not been able to be decisive, hasn't been able to motivate, you know, adult players. It's one thing to motivate college kids, but to motivate and get the best out of professional athletes, veterans, uh, is a whole different subject. And I think the key thing, and someone pointed this out to me uh last week on uh, on one of the radio shows, that the defense has almost the same personnel and has yet given up already 60 points more than they gave up in 2016 and they still have a, another
0: could be high scoring game to go you know that's definitely the biggest gripe that i've had you know in vance joseph i knew there was a question mark as soon as week 3 approached when you're obviously getting ready to play the buff we are getting ready to play the buffalo bills he was quoted and you know the media asked him well you know what do you plan on doing with this defense he said well I'd like to implement a little bit more zone coverage and, and by zone they want to implement more cover three cover four and, and to be honest with you when you look at the personnel that the Denver Broncos have you have Von Miller on the outside who's a very elite pass rusher you have Shaquille Barrett who's been phenomenal against the run you have lockdown corners in a key to lead Chris Harris Jr. and a guy who could probably start on many NFL rosters as your third quarterback in Bradley Roby and they don't run man coverage now they ran man coverage against the Redskins in the the first half of the game and then they went to zone coverage strictly in the second half and obviously Kirk Cousins You know, he threw it all over him at that point. So it's just this inconsistency. You can't run realistically. You can't maintain a zone coverage in the National Football League against pretty good quarterbacks. We've seen it with Carson Wentz. He picked apart the Denver Broncos zone defense. Tom Brady picked apart the Broncos zone defense. Alex Smith picked apart the Denver Broncos zone defense in the times where they were in zone. Now, when they're a man, it was a little harder, you know, but when you have guys, you, you got a game plan for, I don't think you can run a zone defense, especially when you're trying to cover a guy like Travis Kelsey or a guy like Tyreek Hill, who has unbelievable speed it's just all these different matchup scenarios the Denver Broncos defense hasn't been utilized the correct way and so the defense for them is kind of faulty.
2: fantasy football fans listen up it's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season you get to play in a real life snake draft but you're done in just under five minutes and they last for just one week you can join one right now for week 17 the best part Play for cold, hard cash, and get this. Your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. A all new players get a free entry into a real money draft
1: when you make your first deposit. But all you have to do is use the promo code LONFL. That's right, real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it, they're even offering our listeners, a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code LONFL. You can find our Draft at Locked On Chiefs on the site.
0: Now, on the other hand, when I look at Kansas City over the last couple of weeks, defensively, they seem like they've gotten a lot better. Obviously, a big game against the Los Angeles Chargers, forcing four turnovers. Marcus Peters, is his aggressive play is paying off. Now, that's one thing I said I think the last time we talked is, you know, with a cornerback like Marcus Peters, the ability to play so aggressive. You know, obviously there are going to be times where he's going to give up some plays, but man, Marcus Peters over the last couple weeks has definitely gotten uh, a lot better overall, and, and the defense overall has played a lot. Obviously, I read something where Marcus Peters and you know Justin Houston played every snap of the defensive series, so that's unbelievable. Uh, what can we expect from the Chiefs defense heading into this week, especially when they get to prepare for a guy like Paxton Lynch, a guy who has minimal starts in his NFL repertoire. He's not even 100% healthy. The Broncos at this point are just trying to see what they have with Paxton Lynch, but what can the defense what can we expect defensively from Kansas City?
2: There's a lot you can expect from the defense, and I think it's going to look a lot different than maybe it has in the past couple weeks. You're looking at a team that's probably going to be resting some of their key guys. Uh, I would expect if Reed plays the way he has in the past, I would expect that Justin Houston doesn't play, Tom Pahali doesn't play, Marcus Peters doesn't play, and maybe even Ron Parker doesn't play. Uh, so this defense could look completely different than what it has. Uh, I would imagine DJ's probably going to be another one of those guys that doesn't play. Uh, and and maybe even Reggie Ragland doesn't play. Uh, So I expect this defense to look completely different than what it has looked like before. Um, I'm not sure that you're going to have a lot that you can take away from this game because Kansas City is going to be playing a whole bunch of their young guys that haven't gotten a lot of chance to play this season. I think that I would not be surprised if all of their inactives aren't players that are healthy but are you know their veteran guys that they don't want playing this week because they have nothing to play for. Uh, you know, and and really, I guess I'm kind of I'd be kind of surprised if if Denver does things differently because yes, they're not playing for anything, and I get that, but you would think that they would still not want to go put out, you know, a Von Miller or a a Keeb Tlaib or Chris Harris out there and and risk them getting a ACL injury that makes them miss most of next year, you know. So what are you expecting from Denver and, and how they're going to play?
0: You know, I anticipate Denver's going to probably limit the snaps of a, a few guys, Vaughn Miller being one of them, Keith Tlaib being one of them, Chris Harris Jr. But I think we're going to see a lot more out of Shaquille Barrett, who Shaquille Barrett's playing for a contract this year. In my opinion, he's earned a contract with the Denver Broncos, and and that, brought, that brings me to the subject of Shane Ray. I think the Broncos are going to offset Shane Ray this offseason because realistically they found a guy in Shaquille Barrett who stays healthy. He doesn't have any health issues so far in his short career here in the National Football League. But defensively, I'd expect to see a lot more, obviously, Will Parks with free safety, Justin Simmons being out for the rest of the year, being placed on injured reserve. You don't want to get guys hurt. So you're going to see a lot more Jamal Carter, maybe even Demonte Thomas, a little bit of rookie that they had this year. He had a pick six in the preseason. Has got a lot of special teams rep this year, but more so on the defense side in the secondary. You're going to see Bradley Roby, uh, especially more Jamal Carter and and Brandon Marshall. He's been playing with the torn rotator cuff since Week Four of the NFL season this year. So and he's he's just registered over 100 tackles for the fourth consecutive year, and he's at a point now in his career where you know he he's probably playing for a contract while very controversial i don't really see much change in the denver broncos this week you know i think it's playing for pride now i think you know these guys have said out in the in the media that you know what we are we're out of the playoffs but guess what we still have a contract we still got to earn miss we can't just hang it up we still got to go out there and we got to play football so guys like von miller i'd say maybe we'll see a little bit more limited reps not as much we'll probably see him out on some Third down situations, but overall, I think the Denver Broncos are going to be the same defensively this week. Uh, Offensively, that's the point we want to look at. They may just shut down Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, having a a very bad ankle injury that's hindered him over the last five weeks, they may shut him down. You have Demarius Thomas, Sunshine, Jordan Taylor on offense, probably getting a little bit more rhythm at the wide receiver spot alongside Benny Fowler, and and more so, I think the Denver Broncos—they just got to play for pride this weekend. And you know, I I think you meant you made a great point. You know, we could see a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs young guys playing out there, that's very good experience for them because they get valuable in-game reps that you don't normally get in the regular season unless they're, unless they're a special teamer. But when they get a chance to play defense or offense, I think that's going to be very interesting. So the question I pose to you guys is, obviously with the, with the analysis of potentially sitting some starters, do, do you think Alex Smith plays the first half, we see Mahomes in the second, uh, or which offensive guys do you think we're going to see out this game against the Denver Broncos?
1: Well, before I let Chris take the Mahomes, because I know he's dying to talk about it, one guy that will play no matter what is Mitchell Schwartz, because it doesn't matter whether it's Alex Smith, your starter, or your future quarterback at Mahomes. Mitchell Schwartz doesn't miss games. He doesn't miss snaps. And as limited as Von Miller might be, uh, you're going to have your best
0: right tackle out there for when he is in the game. I think they had a good matchup last time, especially on uh, the Monday night game. I I thought they had a very good battle, especially, you know, Von Miller's got one of the quickest first steps in the NFL. So for a tackle like Schwartz, who held his own against Von Miller for quite some time, that was very impressive. And I know those guys have a lot of mutual respect for each other. So that's going to be definitely interesting, something we can watch. But uh, Chris, tell me all about Patrick Mahomes, because that seems to be the the theme of the season that I'm hearing the echoes. You know, Alex Smith is playing pretty well lately. Uh, I saw, you know, obviously against Miami, He has some great ball placements, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But most people can't stop talking about the arm that Patrick Mahomes has, and we haven't even seen him yet realistically outside of preseason.
2: Yeah, and Ryan can set me up for it, and you can set me up for it too. I just think it's it's just smart. I don't think you want Alex Smith playing this game. I mean, it's one thing if you think that uh, if you have something online for this game, it's a complete nether to go into this game and – risk your starting quarterback who had the best season of his career. Because uh, that's really what he had this year. I mean, he's over 4,000 yards for the first time in his career, twenty-five touch, 26 touchdowns, sorry. Uh, he's just been phenomenal this year. So I really don't see a point in having a guy uh, go out there and play when he doesn't have to. And Reed hasn't done that in the past. He's set Alex when he's had the opportunity. Um, so I, I, that's what I expect, I think, that you're going to see Mahomes playing, and I think that you'll see that it's going to be very intriguing to see what uh, to see what he's able to do. Because I don't think you're going to see Tri- Tyreek Hill. I don't think you're going to see Travis Kelsey. I don't think you're going to see any of those guys. Uh, and if that's really the case, then, you know, if Mahomes comes in and does something big,
0: man, where do you go from there at that point? that's that's true that's very true you know I think also something I was kind of looking at too if you do put Mahomes in and Mahomes lights it up against the Broncos then you just have that added storyline that I feel like Alex Smith has really responded to obviously when they picked up Patrick Mahomes the big question was well this is the guy that's going to be replacing Alex Smith and I think you know there have been there's been a lot of talks in the, you know during the season especially when the Kansas City Chiefs were struggling a little bit that well we need to see more Patrick Mahomes and I think Alex Smith has responded you know I tell you what I watched the Miami game and Alex Smith, he zipped that ball into Travis Kelsey eh, between two defenders, and that was impressive. I haven't seen that from Alex Smith uh, in in many, many years. Now, obviously, he he had that kind of game against the New England Patriots on opening night, but I tell you what, I think... Alex Smith has responded very well to the potential noise of the Patrick Mahomes train that's been going on, but I I feel like it would be an added storyline if Mahomes came in and played this game and and obviously lit it up, and and then all of a sudden you're going to have that element where if you do get into the first round of the playoffs, obviously, and you're playing a team and and Smith is struggling, you're going to have all those people calling for Mahomes immediately. I think that the Chiefs right now have a, a very overall complete team, special teams. They have the ability to absolutely hurt you with Tyreek Hill's ability to return, but also Alex Smith has played a lot more consistently. Uh, The one game I saw Alex Smith really struggling, was against the Giants. And and, uh, apparently the AFC West this year outside of Oakland has struggled in beating the Giants. Well, the Chargers did it, but overall it was a struggle for both the Broncos and the Chiefs. But, you know, obviously since the Broncos are out of the playoffs and there's no hope of that this year, maybe next year, but what matchup do you think bodes well better for the Kansas City Chiefs heading into the first round of the playoffs? What do you think about that?
2: Honestly, I I think that it could be huge for Kansas City's uh, other skill position players that don't normally get much opportunity in the offense. I think that you could see a lot of uh, big plays from a guy like Demarcus Robinson if Mahomes plays. I think you could see a lot of, you know, not necessarily big plays, but at least um, good plays from DeAnthony Thomas. Uh, you know, Demetrius Harris is going to be out there. We've seen him plenty. I don't think you're going to see anything special from him necessarily, but I do think that Smith is going to be, or, sorry, Mahomes is going to give you a look at some of those other guys that really haven't had a chance to shine or play in the offense very much like a J. Hugh Chesson or, or those guys.
0: Well, I absolutely look forward to it. I think this weekend's matchup, you know, while there's not riding on the line for both teams at this point, Kansas City trying to stay healthy, getting ready for this playoff push. It's going to be interesting to see real, uh, you know, how they do. Obviously, with the Jaguars in there, the Patriots and the Steelers, I, I think definitely the wild card spot that the AFC West is trying to, you know, with the Chargers trying to fit in there with Buffalo and, and Tennessee, there's just a lot of interesting storylines, but certainly the Kansas City Chiefs started off very quickly they had their moments but then obviously they regained control of the AFC West obviously winning the the division once again for the second year in a row i i, realis- I realistically think that the AFC West on paper in the offseason was one of, it looked like to be one of the best divisions now it didn't quite play out that way what are your thoughts on the overall strength of the AFC West and and you know the potential that it has as a division going forward
1: you know, I was one of those that felt the same way you did that this on paper going into the 2017 season looked like the strongest division in football. Um, coaching change in Denver changed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the inexplicable slide that she had in the midseason changed that. Uh, the struggling coaching staff to get the most out of their players in Oakland changed that. Um, there's no reason that all these teams shouldn't end up better than they are. I think the biggest disappointment is probably Oakland uh, because Derek Carr and Marshawn Lynch should be an almost unstoppable force on offense.
2: We don't see that. I have to ask both of you, which one of you saw, and I'm going to call both of you liars if you say you did, saw Alex Smith getting to 4,000 yards before
0: uh, Derek Carr? I didn't see it. (laughs) I didn't see it. I thought Derek Carr would be that guy. Right. refuse to answer, Senator. <laughs> you know the the really interesting thing about the AFC West too, and and we'll talk about this before we get off air here is is the last year Derek Carr MVP type season under Bill Musgrave. They let Bill Musgrave go in the offseason, and realistically, their offensive coordinator was a high school wide receivers coach two years ago. Now at the point, you know we saw the Chargers start off, start off very slow, 0 and 4. They've kind of regained momentum. Obviously, you guys defeated them on a Saturday Night Football a couple weeks ago, but Man, I tell you what, the AFC West has has that dynamic to it. You know, you look at the personalities in the AFC West. You have, obviously, in Oakland, you have Marshawn Lynch. In Kansas City, you have Travis Kelsey. Denver, you have Von Miller. And then, realistically, you have just Philip Rivers in Los Angeles. There's there's a lot of veteran guys out there. I've really seen Travis Kelsey's game grow a little bit. And you know, I think his his passion for the game. When you see him catch a pass for a first down, he's definitely excited. I'd say he's matured a little bit over the course of the last eight weeks. I'm just eager to see how the Kansas City Chiefs do because the last time they they were in the playoffs, wasn't it? Uh, when was it? Was it? It was last year, wasn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember the matchup. I totally forgot about it. Um, but they, you know, we want oh, to see them compete. <laughs> we want to Pittsburgh. see them compete. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I remember that. I was on a train actually during that time watching the game on a train and, and just going against Levy on bail. You know, so that was definitely something I look, I look into. And when you look at Pittsburgh too, especially in the playoff push as it ensues, is going to be without Antonio Brown for a while. So that's going to be a very interesting thing we got to monitor. But, uh, you know, I want to wish the best of luck to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously, good luck week seventeen, last week of the regular season for the Denver Broncos. Their season ends after this. Your season continues, and and you know what? At this point, I think I just got to root for the AFC West to win in the Super Bowl to represent it. So, you know, there's a lot of controversy in that statement. There, I'm sure I'm going to catch a lot of flack for. But you know what? If if it's in your division, support them, man. You know that's what I'm all for. So, definitely, best of luck to the Kansas City Chiefs going forward. I appreciate well, that. Thanks.
2: I have to ask yeah. a question, though. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not going to happen that John is going to be going anywhere. But how much do you think that's really going to be hurting Denver for the foreseeable future?
0: Uh, You know, that's definitely a tough one, especially with Elway just signing his extension. I I think, you know, from a lot of people I've talked to inside the Broncos building is that Elway's hair is on fire right now. And and usually he's at this point now where he's scheming. Now, his son, Jack Elway, posted something on social media saying his dad is scheming. And if he knows anything about his dad scheming, he knows he's going to be kicking down every single door. And this is unacceptable. And and when I've listened to John Elway in the past, ever since John Elway became the – you know, the guy for the Denver Broncos back after 2011, the one thing I've noticed is that he doesn't tolerate losing and he doesn't tolerate. Now the Broncos went nine and seven last year and he called that year unacceptable. And this year, it's completely different. You have the opportunity to finish five and eleven or six and ten. So at this point, John Elway is not happy. He said he's openly said, he said it on the Dave Logan show that he was embarrassed by how the seasons went and he's gonna change it. He's gonna fix it. And I, I truly do have faith in John Elway when he says that he's gonna fix things. And and like I said, I don't think the Broncos are gonna be aiming towards the word rebuilding. I think they're gonna renovate a little bit. You got a clean shop, obviously. The coaching thing, you need to get a guy at the head coaching position that has experience. Now, Sean McVay is the wild card in my opinion in the NFL. He's a guy that didn't have any prior head coaching experience, but I tell you what, you watch him and you listen to him talk to his players; they are all bought in. And and when you talk, when you look at the Denver Broncos roster, I'd be I'd be very eager to see what it's like in the locker room at halftime for a Broncos game when they're down, especially when Vance Joseph is talking. I I felt like in Week Seven that Vance Joseph lost the locker room due to the fact that you know he never showed any passion, and it didn't seem like players really responded well to him. So if anything that I know, I, I know that Von Miller uh, is a guy that's you know very outspoken you know obviously in the media he's not going to say anything about coach he's going to be very humble but John Elway as well you know he's talked to players Akeep Tlaib is a guy who's fired up who wants to be successful who wants to win and he's, he's expressed he wants to stay in Denver so I don't think John Elway with the terms of knowing those guys that are on the roster is going to aim for a rebuild you got to renovate and it all starts with obviously finding an established quarterback if they can get Kirk Cousins that might be an option but it, it all starts with the coaching. You know, I, I expect the Broncos to make several coaching changes here after next week.
1: Let me ask you one formidable question, and I know that it's, there's been some controversy through his career – does Akeem Tlaib stay on this team in 2018?
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, the biggest question, and this is the question a lot of people have answered, well, is Akeem Talib willing to take a pay cut? Well, from what I'm hearing inside my sources, they're saying that Akeem Tlaib has expressed to many staff members within the Broncos administration that he wants to stay here in Denver. He likes it here. He's got a great gig going on. He does a lot of great stuff. He wants to be around Chris Harris Jr. They, they've established a very good connection, obviously, since their playing days back at the University of Kansas. Akeem Tlaib wants to stay, and I'm sure he'd be willing to take Uh, a pay cut to stay um, as as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some guys gone, some surprise names, maybe Emmanuel Sanders and and C.J. Anderson are two potential guys that could be on their way out in this offseason.
2: You said something that I think is very interesting to me, at least looking back at, at the way the Denver Broncos have drafted under John Elway. They have not been successful. And in order to rebuild this team, you have to be successful in the draft. You can't do it all through free agency. I just I think they're going to struggle with that. Uh, I mean, maybe John Elway can turn it around, but I think that's one of his biggest struggles. Is I don't think he's. As good of a talent evaluator coming out of the draft as he probably needs to be to be successful in this
0: league, and I think that's definitely been one of John Elway's biggest criticisms from the media, and, and rightfully so. His offensive picks over the last you know five years haven't been had they haven't really panned out. Not a lot of guys are on the roster anymore that he's drafted. So I think a lot of it is obviously you have to look into the scouting and the personnel department. Well, one good thing that the Denver Broncos did this offseason, well they brought Gary Kubiak back on staff in a limited role, and not a lot of people realize that, but he's he's part of the scouting department now for the Denver Broncos, and we could see him transition into an offensive coordinator role next year for the Denver Broncos, or we could see potentially John Harbaugh as the head coach for the Denver Broncos if the Ravens let him go. I expect the Denver Broncos to pursue Harbaugh a little bit and have Kubiak back on there. When they had those two together in Baltimore, the Ravens' offense was flying high, and so those are definitely some options, but like you said, you really can't rebuild necessarily through the free agency. You have to draft some young guys that are going to be key players for your organization going forward. And I think that's one thing that John Elway probably looks in the mirror. He hears a lot about it. Uh, the media is very open about it. They're very critical about his his you know performance in in the draft, and obviously a big move in in drafting Paxton Lynch in the first round. And he hasn't worked out well. That's just another tarnished mark on on John Elway's draft status that he's been able to do. But I think you know a lot of his big moves have been in free agency. Now you can't always strike gold with Peyton Manning every year in free agency or DeMarcus Ware like they did, but. You know Denver's got to become a, an appealing place to be once again in free agency, and I think the only thing right now that keeps the Denver Broncos uh, as an appealed place to go through free agency is the defense. It's Von Miller, it's a key leap Chris Harris Jr., the talented defense that's all around them, and I think that's definitely going to be a definitely hard selling point that John Elway has to make to free agents, and obviously uh, the scouting department's got to really analyze. Who's in the draft that's going to be very beneficial for the Denver Broncos? I think them picking up Garrett Bowles was a good move. However, Garrett Bowles has struggled this year. Which rookie wouldn't? Um, you know, he, he's had his struggles in, in a different offensive system compared to some other guys. Uh, especially in New Orleans. You know, that Ramchick, he's having a great year at tackle. And and unfortunately for the Broncos, Garrett Bowles is the second most penalized player in the National Football League right now. Uh, But overall, I think the Broncos have to address, obviously, quarterback and the offensive line as a major focal point going into the draft and obviously free agency. So I look forward to seeing how they do that.
1: Well, folks, we're going to get down to the the bottom of it here. Uh, Cody, let's talk about
0: predictions. What do you see this game coming out as? Oh, man, you put me on a spot right there. Okay, I'll just have to say, just based on how things are going with the Denver Broncos, I wouldn't be surprised. Denver loses this game 30-17, to week 17, Kansas City on top.
1: Oh, that's a good one. We're going to hold our predictions for Friday's preview show, folks. <laughs> hey, you
0: pulled me on the spot. But you heard it from Cody first, so don't say that we rubbed it in. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I just got to be honest with the evaluation. You know, a lot of us Broncos fans would probably agree at this point. This season hasn't turned out the way we wanted it to. Just a lot of disappointment, a lot of lack of effort, especially when the team gives up late in the second half. It's just definitely hard, so we look forward to when uh, the Broncos bring it back together, but you know what? we got to ride through the the good times and the bad times. That's what it's all about, being a fan and and luckily, we get to cover that here talking talk with you guys over at our Locked On Chiefs. I appreciate you guys.
1: And you too. We'll touch base here in the offseason to see how it goes uh, with scouting and everything else. Thanks for being with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We were brought to you by Draft.com today. Use the code LONFL to get your bonus activation. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.